0: And welcome back, everyone, to another edition of Going for Two, presented by our dear friends in Indianapolis at Home Field Apparel. I am your host, Matt Brown. I'm the publisher of the Extra Points newsletter. I'm joined here by Brian Fisher. And, uh, you know, it's fitting, I think, that this is a show brought to you by our our favorite native sons of Indianapolis, because even though it is early November, by God, Brian, I think we're going to talk a little bit about, about, about basketball today.
1: I, it's right around the corner. I, I was shocked, you know, kind of putting together the calendar for the rest of the month, and you're trying to do this event and trying to do that event, and you're you're dodging this and that, and then all, all of a sudden you just kind of see all the all the big basketball games start to pop up on your calendar. I'm like, whoa, it's here! So yes, we are we are going to chat some hoops, not exclusively. We, we might get into that a little bit more next week, but it, it will be good to, I, I guess from a broad perspective, especially for a couple leagues, talk a little basketball today as well.
0: Um, I. This is terrible. I'm having to. The season starts on Monday, right?
1: Yes. When and not a great slate either. That was that was the other thing that I thought was you know as as bad yeah. as like Major League Baseball as, as that we can kind of throw under them for kind of ruining opening day and and the way it, it it's gotten better over the years, but. Really opening day you, you would think there'd be some emphasis You would think the exact same thing for, for College basketball but that's not really the case Not only this year but but I think uh, You know in, in past years as well there's really not been That like here's the, the starting gun Go here's you know here's yeah. this massive matchup And that, that's that's a, a bummer for the Sport because I think it really needs it needs That injection of life and uh, I'm sure we'll Get into talking about the calendars and whatnot in another Episode but uh, I yeah. do lament The fact that it is starting so soon and I Don't think anybody is aware of it
0: no, I mean, right. Like the, I, I literally spending all day working on a basketball Jason story forgot that the season was starting on Monday. I have the calendar pulled up in front of me. Probably the most interesting opening day game is North Dakota State, Arkansas, or George Mason, Alabama. Like, I mean, even by, um, you know, degenerate standards, like it's, it's really a pretty, pretty atrocious, but I, I'm not here to talk today about um, division two schools playing against uh, mid-majors that you might have heard of. Uh, The reason we're talking about basketball at all is not because I have started to become a diehard college basketball fan or because I'm particularly excited about my alma mater. I am not, and I am not. Um, But because of some big news that dropped Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Just wrote a big newsletter about this on Extra Points, but if you are the kind of person that uh, is here to lead and not to read and and prefers to to listen or want to get in the weeds a little bit, Uh, Wednesday afternoon, Pete Damel of ESPN reported that the Big 12 is more than kicking the tires on potentially adding Gonzaga, a report that has since been confirmed by multiple multiple individuals at The Athletic, uh, centering on an in-person meeting between Gonzaga's athletic director and the Big 12 commissioner um, sussing out whether there's a potential fit. And uh, what I have been trying to do over the last... 24-ish hours is try to understand why and how and what's next. And, uh, and what I will say, like, before we kind of get into any of this, <clears throat> and Brian, please interrupt me if you have heard or read differently, but to the best of my knowledge right now, both from what has been personally relayed to me and what I have read from our, our, our leading connected colleagues throughout the industry. I would not classify this as an imminent move by any stretch um that this they're not in in formal negotiations this is not finalized the best as i understand it here is right they talked and that means something because some often these conversations happen with intermediaries like they did with oregon and washington in the big ten but that these kind of conversations do happen not irregularly and don't necessarily turn into anything And, and on that front um, I saw Dana O'Neill shared this, and I can confirm it. Gonzaga's also talked to the Pac-12 and the Big East over the last eight months. The the fact that um, Mark Few, in particular, but others within that athletic department would uh, would be interested in looking elsewhere is not a state secret. You know, the 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 time is to kind of figure out what you're worth in the marketplace and and what the benchmarking is for your entire athletic department and get an idea if if that makes sense. That that's what we've been hearing now. So I, if you want, week I can you know, kind of get in the weeds with what the television people have been telling me and what the other IDs have been telling me about why and where we go from here.
1: Absolutely, I, I would love to get into that. I, I would, you know, say I, I can definitely confirm that the Pac-12 interest and in, in at least those discussions between the two parties. And yeah, this is kind of part of the, the game nowadays. You kind of got to keep your ear to the ground at all times. You know that, that is college realignment. I mean, you spoke with uh, Gloria Navarez the, the WCC commissioner. There yep. are changes coming to that league, and I think Gonzaga, you know, rightfully so, making sure that all they have all options on the table. And um, you know, I, I think that that is the big thing for whether you're in the athletic department. I, I think it's it's telling and I, I think and instructive that this is not quite risen necessarily to the presidential level or we're talking about uh, you know presidents going back and forth and all that sort of thing. Not quite to that stage yet, I, I would yeah. say, um, even though there, there might be some preliminary discussions even at, at the level. It's not uh, hot and heavy uh, amongst the people that actually end up deciding some of these things. So, um, yeah. you know, you, you can understand with the, the changes to the WCC coming, um, you, you like I said, you, you talked with Gloria Navarrez about potential expansion opportunities for that league and how they might deal with realignment now that BYU is leaving the league. So there there's a lot for Gonzaga to consider. And uh, it really is no surprise that they have a, a bit of a wandering eye in terms of looking at some of the other D- TV deals out there, some of the other conferences, because this is kind of that time, if they're going to end up jumping, now would be an opportune time uh, in, in the next year or two.
0: And, uh, I think that's probably true. So here's a couple of things that I have heard from from asking around, right? Typically, when a Power Five league is looking at expanding or adding other teams. The principal rationale, even though people are going to, they'll, they'll, they'll give lip service to other considerations. Typically, the biggest reason is maximizing broadcast television revenue. You add teams because it grows the entire pie. And what multiple people have told me, and when I say people, I'm talking like folks who do this for a living, right, that will work in, the, work in this industry, have said, based on what they know, and some of them have had you know conversations with these parties, that that really isn't the case here. That adding Gonzaga does add some television value, but it's not something that's going to increase everyone's revenue by like four million dollars a year. It's much more modest, and a big part of that is because even at the Big Twelve basketball conference here, the overwhelming majority of the value of that television deal—one that's that's a uh, you know reportedly just about wrapped up here from a couple of days ago—that's tied up in the football. Um, the 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 cheers, college basketball, as much as this might pain anybody that's deeply tied to the sport compared to college football is a niche sport um, and does not is, not is not as financially valuable to an ESPN or a Fox. So we're looking at if it's maybe tw- maybe 18, 15, 18, 19, 20% of the whole deal is, is basketball specific. And then you're looking at one team. and Gonzaga, I have been told, is an especially difficult team to kind of project television value because their fundamentals. They're in a very small market. They're in Spokane. They're a relatively small Jesuit private school whose alumni base and like sidewalk fans are not nationally distributed on paper, that would say crummy television. But Gonzaga is different because not only have they been elite, they've been to multiple national championship games. They've been a postseason mainstay now for over a decade, but they've become, in the eyes of Madison Avenue, like the Cinderella program, which you know I, I think an equivalent to how Boise State's financial value, is greater than that you would expect from Boise, Idaho. So is Gonzaga basketball to the nation. So, But but then there's always the risk. Like, well, what if you do this and two years later, Mark Fierre retires and Gonzaga regresses a little bit, regresses 20%. Well, now you have a team that is not going to be as financially valuable and has nothing in common with the rest of your league and sticks out geographically. And the example that I've been hearing is Wichita State with the American Athletic. Which looked like a like a, a one kind of decision when it happened. And then there was some coaching changes and the the league changed a little bit. And that has not been your basketball bellwether. That has not been a team that's competed for anything close to a final four since then. And now you have a little bit of an outlier for what the league looks like right now. And not saying that they're gonna kick Wichita State out, but would they make that same deal again now? Probably not, especially given that Loyola kind of eclipsed what Wichita had provided. Um, in, in a much in a more shorter time period so there's there's some risk there the way it's been explained to me is like you, you would look at this as a modest television increase but there's nothing in this contract that like fox is saying like yeah i'm just going to be a pro rata bonus agreement if you get us the zags for basketball that's not that's not that's not in the deal as far as it's been explained to me
1: no and and i would be remiss if i, I didn't point out the last time you kind of heard some realignment rumors around gonzaga i believe they were connected with the mountain west uh probably yep. 2018 2019
0: that right with, with six other schools
1: couple other schools. Yeah. When Buy-out that ended schools. up happening, what, what Gonzaga ended up doing was, was kind of leveraging a little bit of that interest into some changes in terms of the conference payouts with the NCAA yep. tournament structure. So I think that, um, you know, there's another thing to kind of keep in mind, at least a, a little bit to, to the background of these conversations. But look... You, you don't it, it could be incremental revenue um, you know you, you're not giving them certainly a full football share uh, or, or anything like that the, the 30 plus million dollars but you know when you're talking about you know marquee brands being added to your conference I think that is the one thing that even your TV partners are, are willing to admit like you were saying that it, it's not necessarily the spokane market it's not necessarily uh, you know anything other than the brand, you know, that that it's this, you know, you, you can put in factors about the size of the school and alumni basis. And yes, that all goes into the kind of the dollar figures that uh, those media consultants are, are coming up with. But at the end of the day, it, right now in, in media, it, it is about brands and Gonzaga is undoubtedly one of the biggest brands. And so I think that's why there's big conversation with the Big 12. I I think it would make sense certainly with from a Pac 12 perspective, if they're bringing all their other sports as well, um, you know, to to potentially be another uh, tag team member a little bit with they bring in San Diego State, as well as with the uh, football program that the uh, Aztecs would bring. So two other uh, replacements, I guess you could say, for, for USC and UCLA moving forward. But I, I think it's all pretty fluid right now. All kind of at, at the more in the earlier stages. But um, you know, I, I think it was instructive that this this report leaked. Um, you know, not right right after the Big Twelve announced their big TV deal. And, yeah. Uh, there, there's a little little momentum, I guess, uh, coming out of Big Twelve territory. And you know, Brett Yarmark, Yarm, uh, new to college sports, but he certainly understands that keeping everybody on their toes can be a good thing from his perspective.
0: That's the other thing I want to make people aware of. And I, 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 when I am saying this, and I wrote it in the newsletter, and I kind of want to talk through it here, and I, you know, lest this get taken out of context, I'm not assigning nefarious motives to anybody. I'm doing. I'm just going to peel back the curtain and let, like, remind you guys, who's all listening here, how the sausage gets made with this kind of stuff. When we're talking about conference realignment, about rumors, about developments, about t- you know, television, or any of these other things, sometimes that information really does get out, even though all the parties don't want it to. That that doesn't happen very often. It happens more often at the low and mid major level, but that does happen. But most of the time, if there's been a meeting or if somebody's talking to somebody else or if there's concern somewhere, it's because somebody leaked it. And if somebody leaked it, uh, there's generally a reason why. So if this information came from the Gonzaga camp, we would, I think, as consumers have to think, well, how does Gonzaga benefit? from the world, knowing that they've now talked to multiple conferences. Is this a way for them to extract public leverage against the WCC or against these other conferences through the media? Is it because they're trying to send a particular message to their recruits? Is there something else going on? Is this something that the Big 12 leaked? Even if they knew that it wasn't super serious, maybe if you wanted to get out there to, um Continue to establish buzz and make sure that all the reporters are talking about how the Big Twelve is going on offense and how the Big Twelve is going to eat the world. And this was something, honestly, that, that Craig Thompson did with the Mountain West a couple of times. That would would be very transparent when they were considering something. And so we all talked about it, even though it never really ended up happening. And we can debate whether that was good or bad for the Mountain West, but that was a way of manufacturing your own news cycle. If you wanted to. I don't know. Hypothetically, if you wanted to rat fuck the Pac-12 and like in, in terms of like the, the, the political definition of that word here, right? If you wanted to steal momentum from them, if you wanted to cause chaos or, or, or mess with an administrator there, maybe this is something you would leak to. I don't actually know why. And, and quite frankly, the last week, I think of Big 12 News is a little bit curious, like it's unusual for news about your television deal to come out on a Sunday morning six hours before the first NFL you know game kicks off. And that typically dominates the media ecosystem there. So do you, did you leak that because you were trying to head off news somewhere else or control the news narrative or know that somebody else had a story? These are things that as a, you know, I have to think about. I don't have all the answers to that yet, but as a consumer, you got to think who is benefiting from this. And like, I, I know, and I, this, I don't, this is again, not to, to disparage the athletic or ESPN. When people talk to me, it isn't always because they think I'm just a handsome and charming guy. It's, it's, it's Sometimes it's because they uh, want to make sure that their point of view is that somebody else reads that, that point of view. And, you know, I have to evaluate, am I being played here by sharing this information? I have to kind of evaluate that too. Is this part of horse trading? I have some information that you need. You give me something that I want so that people will want to read. All of this is to say, let's uh, let's, let's note the timing and let's note where this information potentially came from as we evaluate the severity of those rumors. Is that fair? Absolutely. And, and,
1: I, and I would just point out, you know, the, the, the big 12 uh, media rights deal, you know, kind of, um, you know, SBJ does a terrific job. They, they, they've got some some great sources, especially on the on the TV side. Uh, so yeah. I, I'm not calling into in doubt, uh, you know, why they would do, report that. I, I think they there has been, you know, essentially kind of the, the memorandum of understanding. But it, it was interesting, a, a little eyebrow raising to, to see that report on Sunday, knowing the deal was not completely finalized um, this week. And, and also knowing that, uh, you know, the Pac-12 CEOs were, were all set to meet as well well. So uh, you know, I, I think there's, I think there's just a, you know, a little bit of, um, you know, interesting intrigue and, and I, I, sure can't wait for, for a couple big 12 Pac-12 bowl games because I really do feel like yeah. those two uh, leagues fan bases, um, you know, really need to take out their frustrations against each other on, on, on the, on the football field somehow, but uh, yeah. it, it, it'll be fun this year. For, uh, yeah. Bowl season on that front.
0: Or, or if there's some, a couple of big basketball games or something, this, the, it, it would be nice to translate this rivalry from Twitter and from CBS versus the Mercury News group or something and turn that into something that's actually on the field competition. You'll notice that. So the other thing I want to qu- kind of quickly mention here because this is uh, going for two, and this is an extra point for the podcast is then the follow-up question is what happens to everybody else? Um, here's what I can share what I know right now. Um, part of the reason the WCC has not immediately added anybody to replace BYU is because you kind of wanted to wait and see if, the Pac-12 fell apart or some other big changes happened that might dislodge a Stanford or dislodge somebody that wouldn't normally consider the WCC, but now needs a non-football home for something. And they're like, well, maybe, you know, Denver is still going to be there. Seattle is still going to be there, but if we can wait a little bit and maybe give a chance to make a run at a really big additive program, it makes sense to do that. If we now know that Gonzaga is being more public about looking elsewhere, perhaps that changes the calculus. I, I called Gloria and, uh, Unfortunately, she declined to speak with me, which I I, I don't uh, I, I I understand given everything that's going on there. That that's one thing to, to think about. The other thing that I would I would remind my mid major basketball friends is that traditionally, the West Coast Conference has had a very rigid institutional footprint. Not only there are West Coast school, Western schools, private institutions, academically selective, Christian affiliated. And there's only four of those schools that I know of that are west of, like, they're west of Texas, right? Denver, who sucks at basketball and whose major sports are not sponsored by the WCC. Seattle, Cal Baptist, and Grand Canyon. And the note that I can share about Grand Canyon, because that's probably the best basketball brand of, of this group here, is that um, there is not uniformity among WCC presidents about how aggressive you really want to get with bringing somebody in. You have some that would say, Hey, we brought in BYU. And BYU's budget is like, you know, the size of four of ours put together and you they could fit three of our student bodies in the Marriott center and the world didn't end. And sometimes we beat them. So grand Canyon's not that you know, we, we, grand Canyon doesn't have, as less money than BYU that that should be okay. And you have others that say, look, uh, our presidency and our, uh, selectivity are not the same as grand canyon uh once you have schools that cost fifty five thousand dollars grand canyon does not um and and this isn't a purely like elitism sort of situation here if you're out sitting at a 27 million dollar athletic budget and you're looking at what grand canyon's facilities are you might decide "Eh, maybe i don't like maybe i don't want that right this isn't one of the reasons right why not everybody wanted to affiliate with liberty um not to say that Grand Canyon's religious situation is in any way similar to Liberties, but like it's that, it's that kind of principle. So I don't know who's going to win out uh, on those conversations. That's why things haven't happened yet. We'll see if this gets expedited. They've also said they would consider a public school, whether that public school is Utah Valley, school that has a similar sports sponsorship profile, similar footprint, not at all aligned uh, academically, whether that's somebody that does have football and plays elsewhere, maybe it's still private, I don't know right now. It's been 36 hours. I promise you I'm doing my best, but that's what we know. And I would just say that if you are a realignment degenerate, which you probably are, if you're 20 minutes into this, I would say that San Diego state, potentially leaving the mountain West or Gonzaga potentially leaving the WCC would be a significant enough event that I could imagine virtually every single conference in the West gets touched in some capacity because you've got a couple that are teetering in a couple of different ways. And there's just not that many schools to play musical chairs or something. And when the dust settles, we could definitely see 10, 12 schools change conferences. So, like, if you we were going to pick of like, where is the geographic epicenter for stuff happening? Uh, you know, six months ago, I would say that was New England. Uh, for a minute, that was in the southeast. Now, I would say it's it's somewhere in the Pacific Northwest stretching down the Wasatch Front. So fun. That's uh, something to monitor here. And, and maybe the WAC and the Big Sky and the uh, the Big West offices are going to have a little bit less sleep over the next couple of months.
1: That Sorry, that guys. they might that they might, but I mean you kind of underscored the the point there in terms of just not being a whole lot of options because you know there's there's a limited number of schools you know kind of west of the of the Mississippi that you know sponsor football you know mm-hmm. at, at the FBS level you know and certain schools that may be sponsored at the FCS level are not looking to move up and and certainly not incur some of those costs that that would would come with a move up and. Um, you know, there's, there's, you know, the, like you said, the, the private institutions that, uh, you know, want to remain true to kind of their missions. And there's only a handful of those up and down the West coast. So, um, you know, you kind of get, uh, locked in a little bit by geography and especially so when schools are leaving the region to, to join a, a big 12, I, I, it was, it was funny to kind of see Gonzaga put up there, you know, kind of on the map of potential big 12 schools. And, you know, this, this was the old, uh, the old airplane conference almost. If, if you're talking about a, a trip from Gonzaga and, and Spokane all the way over to morgantown you know so
0: so Uh, so fun fun fact on that real quick the distance as the crow flies from spokane washington to orlando florida is roughly the same distance from spokane washington to russia just a thought 2800 miles it's a lot and, 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 you hear, you
1: heard complaints about USC and UCLA playing a game or two in the Midwest, you know, this is, you know, they're, they're, but yeah, you know, at the same time, you know, like, there, it is a whole new ball game right now, you know, in terms of, you know, what, what are we going to do with all these other sports? It's like, we'll, we'll kind of figure out that travel component later. We're, we're putting it to the side because it's all about money and it's all about media exposure as well.
0: It's all about, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I wrote another 800 words about this in the newsletter, but, um, Zaka can't just put men's basketball in a conference. Like current NCAA bylaws literally do not let them. You have to park those like those key sports in in, in one of these leagues.
1: Well that and I mean that would be the other thing is is you know the the potential for you know other multi-sport conferences you know as, as they're currently constructed maybe we, we do have some some more single sport conferences that come up for for things like soccer and, and the other Olympic sports I I would hope that gets re-examined um, you know that's not really necessarily a big push out of the transformation committee but if, if you wanted to right. actually do some form you know reform some some of these these leagues and uh, you know you know why why doesn't Sarah, Santa Clara play Stanford as, as a conference rival you know like you know they're they're kind of right there so uh, both both pretty big power in, in uh, men and women's soccer. you know like let's let's look a little bit at, at some some bigger changes that, that could lead to bigger things down the road, but that does not seem to be on on, on the table at this point. So uh,
0: not maybe- nobody is asking for that even if that would be a, a, a good thing to do. Um, yeah, like and, and it's one thing for the big town when you're making a, a hundred million dollars in commerce distribution and you could theoretically charter most of the flights and you're flying into mostly major metropolitan areas. That's not the case for the Big Twelve because one, you're not making enough money to charter everything. Two, I looked this up. Spokane doesn't fly direct, I don't believe, to most places in the Big Twelve. It flies direct into Dallas, but you're gonna have to have connecting flights when you're flying commercial. Um, and nobody I mean, like I don't wanna I care, professors care, other, but like the 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 well-being of of soccer athletes is not meaningfully being considered in any of this stuff. I, and I know that people are going to get in front of microphone like well, this is actually this is this is to help improve the the full student body. And that's horseshit. Like just just look me in the eye and say, nope, this is the to improve the the competitive viability and visibility of our most important sports. And like do what you have to do, but then like you know, don't be surprised if they unionize because like the you know that will make their athletic and academic performance worse. No doubt about it to me.
1: Yeah, and, and I and I would also make sure that uh you know people are are aware of that just if Theoretically, Gonzaga joins the, the Big 12 or even the, the Pac-12. You know, they, they are not getting, I want to underscore there, they're not getting that full $30 million, $31 no, million no. Dollars share. And really, you know, from a TV uh, contractual standpoint, they're not obligated to either. Um, yeah, I know there's right. been some various sniping back and forth about, um, you know, pro clauses and all that stuff. That would not apply, number one, to a, to a Gonzaga, but it wouldn't even apply to somebody like San Diego State if they wanted to say join the Pac-12 or the Big 12. So, um, you got to keep in mind some of those figures being thrown out there, um, that's all going to come down to negotiation points. And so, you know, feeling out of school is, is one thing. Now, you, now, as the Big 12, you can say, hey, we had these talks, you know, Fox, ESPN, what do you guys think? And then that's when, certain things will, will really kind of start to pick up steam is, is yeah. ultimately when they get that feedback from those media partners on just how valuable a property like Gonzaga
0: is. in terms of like, oh, it's worth $6 million a year distributed amongst all of these different schools. I mean, yeah, that's more money than you're from television that you're getting in the West Coast Conference where you're on ESPN plus a lot. But are you going to incur that much travel for $800,000 more for a million dollars more for less? Um I mean, Not my decision, but- And, and that's, that's kind that's of kind of at. where we're
1: at with the big 10 and really, you know, in terms of additional expansion opportunities that add yep. to the pot, you know, that, that's kind of where we're, we're starting to get limited now uh, in terms of the TV partners kind of paying that extra and saying, oh yeah, sure. You know, you want to add two teams here. We're fine paying you the other $30 million. Well, now, now that we're talking about 80, 90 million dollars of school you know for, for some of these payouts that when they're eventually going to hit the end of the scale uh, after those six year cycles you know if you're paying that much money you you want to make sure there is actual added value in terms of the games that you're going to get and so these TV partners they, they understand it, it's one thing if you're paying an extra 200 three hundred thousand uh, and adding some, some more key games it's a whole different ballgame game when, when you're adding a couple zeros to those ends
0: um I want to talk about something very quickly that is, um... A little bit more uplifting, I think, than uh, increased travel obligations that are going to make this, the experience worse for college athletes and potentially limit their or damage their athletic ability because jet lag and, and sore legs are a thing, Um Sorry about this, Connor. Let's talk about home field apparel because unlike cramped seats in coach when you're waiting for a connecting flight somewhere outside of suburban Cincinnati to get to your final destination, home field clothes are extremely comfortable. They are affordable. They are never going to get delayed by three weeks here or accidentally rerouted to... Boise or San Antonio, um, at least that hasn't happened for any shipping here that I've had. Um, they're not in the logistics business. They're in the giving you extremely comfortable clothes business, whether that's T-shirts. I'm wearing the surfing pelican here from the Tulane Green Wave, whether that's sweatpants, hoodies, crewnecks, um, stickers. It's not clothes, but it's it's a cool thing. Uh, and any, any number of other uh, adhesives and or clothing items. You can get all of those at homefieldapparel.com. They do have Gonzaga stuff. They have stuff for just about everybody in the Pac-12. They have stuff for just about everybody in the Big 12. They have stuff for most of the schools in the Big East, uh, which is also a conference that is discuss- that's, that plays a role in all of this stuff here. And you know, you can read about them on the newsletter if that's something you're interested in. You can use promo code Extra Points to save 15 percent off that first order with our good friends at HomefieldApparel.com. They make comfortable clothes. That's not the tagline. They didn't give me that in the ad read, but it is true. They are. Extremely comfortable clothes.
1: Yeah, I got one of the long sleeves on right now. Perfect, perfect for this time of year, and uh, I can't wait to, to go traveling. And like you said, I, I think a very, very nice airplane companion shirt, uh, especially on the, on the undershirt with the, with the softness that you get. That's you exactly. Just, right. Just feeling, and, and you know, I mean, if, if you wanted to actually add, do the do the proper transition, it could have been like, uh, you know, we, we have some extra zeros added on to some of those media payouts. Well, it's adding some extra zeros onto our debt you know, that we've had so much home field apparel uh, purchases over the years. That, I don't, well, I don't then, even. That, know.
0: That would have been better. Everyone else has facilities debt. I have T-shirt debt. I have more T-shirts. What we have, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So but please buy these shirts. Uh, subscribe to our podcast and pay for our newsletter. Um, please help somebody who's good at money. My family is dying. I'm spending all of my money on candles and surfing pelicans. Um, I hate that my brain works the way that, that was just like the first thought. Um, I'm glad that Elon's ruining Twitter, so maybe I can get off and have my brain ruined in a different way. Um, we don't have a whole lot of time here left before we let these fine people go and enjoy their weekend. Should we talk a little bit about the marketing conference, or should we just let the fine people go here as we uh, as, as we head out?
1: Well, I was going to say we could follow up uh, kind of related to with, with the Pac-12, but uh, we, you're, you're right. We, we totally spaced on uh, chatting about uh, your trip to Charlotte and uh, all that entailed. I'm sure there was multiple. I, I said it on the, on the solo podcast I did with Bruce uh, last Friday, uh, probably multiple cookout trips, I, w- I would assume
0: not one i should have i should i didn't have a car
1: no.
0: um and, and 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 sadly i was i mean i really was in that hotel most of the time um i did have some truly excellent barbecue went out and grabbed some soul food uh with our buddy stephen gaither who runs hbcu game day he's he's in town there um i, I might go back to charlotte in a in like a month and a half and then we'll have to do some 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 cook outing but no 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 fast food at all actually um which is saying something because i eat like garbage. Um I, we can we can kind of talk about this at a, at a, at a high level real quick. I'm going to dig into the white papers more over the coming week or two. But what made this really interesting is it's a collection of professors and scholars who are getting really into the weeds with revenue generation and with NIL specifically, there's more and more scholarship happening uh, around this, right? So, as an example, for some of the some of the the, the, the papers that I, I was going into and trying to, to talk through with some of these professors are trying to create frameworks to understand why athletes decide to do certain deals um, and what that experience looks like at places that are not like Auburn and, and, and Ohio State. So, you know, like you know, as 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 a high level example the first thing that athletes are looking for if they decide to participate in this thing at all is you know brand and value and deal alignment. But if that's not available and somebody is offering money, they'll generally still take it. So you might decide, well, you know, uh, I, I'm really all about healthy food and healthy living. And if I want to promote an opportunity for my Instagram followers, I really want it to be about vegan food or supplements or vitamins or sunshine. And you try and you fail a couple of those things and Bojangles comes. According to this research, most college students are still going to take that Bojangles money, which is something to think about, but also research that would explain why people weren't engaging with this world. And and a part of that is something that I I think you and I have talked about. I know I've written about it. Is this idea of how the NIL world is changing how athletes approach social media. And part of that is, you know, it is a difficult thing to ask any young person who they are. What are their values? What do they stand for? What is your identity? Part of being 19, 18, 19, 20, 21, you figuring those things out. And, and probably, you know, when you're in your 30s, like Brian and I, I'm guessing some of the things that you thought were really important are maybe not the same things that you thought were really important when you were 20 or the things that you thought like categorized you. And in the NIL world, that focuses overwhelmingly on social media, which is not the only part of NIL, but it is the foundation of a lot of schools' NIL curriculum. They're the easiest NIL uh, deals. It's what most people are doing right now. It's on social media. This is a world that is now asking athletes not only figure that stuff out very quickly and very publicly, but then commoditize it and sell it and and, and package that to a to a marketer. And one, I mean, that's literally very difficult logistically. This is part of my job. I, I as, as depressing as this is, I, I partly am some element of an influencer. And if I think about things in that way, it makes my brain leak out of my ears. And I, I need to go call up a therapist because I get extremely depressed. But that is like part of the gig. But there's also this realization of do I need to post a certain kind of content in order for for brands or for audience to follow and this is especially an issue with women uh, are they do they feel compelled to now post more sexualized content do they feel more compelled to minimize uh activism or uh you know sharing content re- re- relevant to specific racial affinity groups because that's less perceived as less brand safe do I need to make sure I don't Talk about my boyfriend or talk about my family or my personal life because that might seem uh, less brand safe or do i need to do that even if i don't want to and then invite negative parasocial relationships in my comments and the research that i was a part of and talking through here would indicate this is a much bigger issue for women than it is for men and part of that is because quite frankly a lot of men just suck at social media and aren't really engaging with it anyway and people are just like still following the really bland content and not really giving marketers what they want These are very different questions than how do I get my collective working on the same page or, you know, how do I get people deals? They're a little bit more existential, but the mental health component, which we're talking about with college athletics all the time, is a huge part of how NIL is evolving moving forward. But I think especially for people that are not football and basketball players, because their NIL world really is selling crap on Instagram rather than shaking down a collective or some booster or something for like a make work autograph job. And there are some positives and significant potential negative externalities from that space.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and I, I think that kind of reaffirms what uh, you, you kind of get the, the sense of, you know, just seeing the actual hard data that, that you got yeah. with with a lot of those white papers, just that you see anecdotally, you know, kind of threw out there. And you're like, oh, really? He's He's got to deal with that company? All right. Yeah. Sure. yeah. You know, I I think, I mean, I think we kind of saw it in initial when, when the initial NIL gold rush happened, you know, surrounding Barstool sports in particular, you know, in terms of like, oh, you're, you're, you're associating with that. that that's, that's interesting. Okay. All right. And then, uh, you, you know, you kind of come to find out some of the, the financial particulars around some of those relationships. And yeah, it, it makes a little bit more sense um, in terms of some of those athletes entering into things. And, and, and honestly, when, when you talk with ADs, you talk with people that are kind of in the NIL space for as much as they want, as much. As they kind of reinforce that early on in terms of the education that they give, you know, when you're at the beginning of the year, when you're on campus, when when they have speakers and talking about NIL, as often as those schools can emphasize, you know, worry about your brand, who you are associated, all that sort of stuff. Some of it just kind of comes in one ear, goes out the other when they that's, see those dollar figures. That's and, almost
0: got, all of it, period. Like, yeah, so yeah, and, and that isn't just because grown-ups are boring. It's because 20-year-old athletes are already stretched so thin for so many other things, and a lot of this stuff is boring, right? Like when I still had an office job back in the day, and it was like 401k day, and somebody's coming in here to have very serious conversations about H- uh, HSAs and different retirement vehicles, stuff that is legitimately like relevant to my life right now is somebody making real money. Pshew it's, it's, it's monkey crashing symbols in my brain here at this point. Right. And you know, this is when I was in my early thirties, you'd ask me that when I was 20, it, it would have been like you were speaking Aramaic to me. It, it could not have possibly had any less relevance to my life, even if it was something I should have been paying attention to. And part of that was because I was in college, I was still working almost 40 hours a week. So like the only thing that my brain had capacity for other than work was the bare minimum of my academic coursework and girls, everything else is, you know, and that's how it is for, for some of these places. So, of course, brand building and like existential philosophy questions about who you are on Instagram. No one's, no one's engaging with that, especially the guy t- you know, teaching it as some 50-year-old. So this is an issue. The last thing that I thought was also interesting I'm going to write about soon is about um, MMR campaigns and sponsorship stuff within stadiums, right? If you go into a basketball arena right now, as everybody has – The basketball, uh, the team is going to sell signage throughout the arena. You're going to have sponsorships on the scoreboard, sponsorships on like the baselines, maybe on the upper deck. If it's a big arena or near the concession stands all over the stadium and they're priced differently. And it never occurred to me that no one had ever done this before. But I did talk to a couple of teams that went with a bunch of fans and gave them eye tracking glasses over multiple games to see what stuff they actually looked at over the course of the game. And they and they found out that the highest price stuff in the arena was not what was generating the most actual brand engagement. I and mean, then they even followed through with interviews later to see like what kind of campaigns actually led people to buy stuff, which makes me think that maybe some schools are not pricing this or some gigantic MMR companies are not pricing this the most efficient way, as we are in a world where everybody's trying to find more quarters and dimes under their couch cushions. That's something to reevaluate, I think. Um, maybe not as interesting to the people that don't have .edu email addresses, but those of you that do, make sure to subscribe to Extra Points, which you can find at www.extrapointsmb.com. You can also find our, uh, the, the big story there about Gonzaga and the Big 12 or some other information that we didn't get a chance to talk about on the podcast that's in that story. Even had a couple of updates this week about EA Sports College Football. Uh, talk to some licensing industry experts at the conference in Charlotte to get an idea about other college sports video game projects, get an idea about where things are going on the licensure front with EA, what's happening with other intellectual IP. You can find all of that there on the newsletter. You can find the rest of our content at Collegiate Sports Connect, all of our sister podcasts, sister interviews. Um, please like and subscribe all of those on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, YouTube. Um, those make it easier for us to sell other sponsorships. They make it easier for us to book other guests and to justify the time that we spend developing and editing the show to our corporate overlords, so that we can redistribute that and build the best possible products. Um, I think that's about everything we need to hype for this uh, for this episode, right, Brian?
1: Uh, I, I think so you know you you mentioned it though five stars that really does help uh others find this podcast uh you know we, we we like to think of ourselves as uh you know the, the, those highly rated recruits that uh, you you'll see on Saturdays and then turning into Sundays but yeah um you know big big thing uh go ahead and leave us a review uh, if if you want we we read a lot of those and uh we, we appreciate the kind feedback uh, for for a lot of them as well and and uh, if if you're already on, on the podcast platform there make sure you're subscribed to head coach you as you mentioned uh, had, a, had a great interview this week with with jeff munkin uh you know the head coach at army uh talking through all that goes into their game uh against air force that 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 will happen on saturday uh down there in arlington uh near my hometown so it it, it's a really fun podcast we got some additional great guests uh, lineup for the next couple weeks so make sure you're subscribed to that one giving that one five stars as well and then uh, you know if you want to want to get all this information all in one place make sure you signed up for the d1 ticker that is your favorite athletic director's first email that they read and last email of the evening typically, uh, that they will uh, get all the news and information as well. So might
0: as well, too. Uh, folks, thank you so much for taking some time here with us. Have a wonderful weekend, wonderful beginning of your week. We'll catch up with you again very soon.